Hey everybody, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I am one of your hosts, Asa, along with my always co-host, Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this, of course, is our weekly show, AEW Weekly. It is your weekly roundup of all things All Elite Wrestling. And, of course, this uh, this week we're going to talk about uh, last week's Dynamite. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, World's End pay-per-view. We're going to talk about the uh, our top five rankings. We're going to talk about uh, AEW News. We're going to have some jokes, good, bad, and indifferent, uh, and uh, and some more. So let's get right at it, shall we? Sounds good. All right, so AEW Dynamite. Uh, December 27th, 2023, Orlando, Florida, Continental Classic Gold League Final, John Moxley versus Jay White versus Swerve Strickland. Uh, all three started fighting on the outside. Moxley threw both over the barrier. Moxley crotched White on a guardrail. Swerve bit Moxley. Uh, Swerve went for a backflip move to the outside on White and missed. Swerve frog splashed both men on the floor. Uh, Moxley hit rapid fire elbows as he does. Uh, White grabbed a chair and hit Moxley four or five times on the outside with it. Uh, Swerve hit the house call on White, pretty vicious move to the side of the head. Uh, Swerve hit a 450 splash on White. Mox broke the cover up. Mox with a German suplex on Jay White. Swerve with a German suplex of his own on Moxley. Uh, Moxley with a diamond cutter on Jay White. Uh, White with a sleeper suplex on Swerve Strickland. Uh, Mox had Jay White in a chokehold. Swerve Strickland broke it up with a house call. White hit a blade runner on Moxley for a two count. Swerve threw White into a chair that was placed in the corner of the ring. Moxley got a death rider on Jay White for the pin and the win, and Moxley made it to the final of the Continental Classic. Uh, this was a wild match, a very good match. Four and a half bones out of five, I gave it. Uh, Kay, what did you think about this one? I thought it was a great opener. Uh, I was really surprised when they opened with it. I kind of expected it to be the main event of the show, um, just because all three men are so popular and so kind of high ranking in their organization. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess the number one spot is also a spot of prestige nowadays. Um, yeah, it was a good match. I, I thought uh, Swerve was gonna win and he did not. So it was a very surprising ending for me. I do like that Swerve did not take the pin though. Yeah, I think a lot of people expected Swerve to win. You know, he's on a pretty, uh... Pretty high moving, uh, pretty fast moving, I should say, trajectory, which I think will lead him to a world title in 2024. Uh, you know, I think they intentionally left him out of the Continental Classic finals because, you know, they want to move him into the world title scene. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they, they intentionally, we were talking about that last week, and I, I think they intentionally left him out of the Continental Classic finals. Um, and, and I think, too, it's, I, I think maybe Dylan from last week on Wrestling Podcast told us this, but um, Swerve was the least pinned, I guess, contestant. Is that what you call them? Competitor? Competitor. In the, uh, competitor in the uh, 
Continental Classic because he only got pinned once. Yeah. And which, everyone else had been pinned two or more times. Which is wild to think about. Yeah. But yeah, four and a half bones out of five. Very good match to start with on Dynamite. Uh, after that, we had a short uh, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston video hyping up the match later in the night. Then we had a Swerve Strickland promo uh, after the match, they caught him, and he passionately talked about how he wanted the Continental Classic win. Tony Schiavone brought up a contract with Keith Lee for the World's End pay-per-view, and Prince Nana said, we'll see if he showed up. Spoiler, he didn't. Uh, but we'll discuss that when we get to the pay-per-view. Uh, Renee is with Mariah May, who announces she'll debut on the January 3rd Dynamite, so tomorrow night. Uh, Riho's music hits. She faces off with Mariah May. Tony Storm and Luther then run out. Storm squares off against Riho as May runs away. Luther carries Tony in his arms, and Riho then splashes them both from the top rope. Riho grabs the world title belt and poses in the ring with it. But that's not her belt. That's not her belt. That's like the, the kiss of death, isn't it? When you have a world title match coming up, or any kind of belt match coming up, if you touch the belts before the match, you're like cursed to not get it. Generally. Generally. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But so this was pretty good. I'm looking forward to Mariah May's debut mm -hmm. um, on Dynamite tomorrow night. Uh, they still have not said who she's facing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are speculating, of course, as the internet does. Uh, a lot of people are speculating Mercedes Monet. I don't see them having two high-profile people debut like that against each other, kind of canceling each other out. I don't see that happening. But that's been a lot of the speculation today is saying Mariah May versus Mercedes Monet. I don't see that happening. That's not to say Monet won't show up tomorrow night because mm -hmm. maybe she will. But I don't think she'll be involved with Mariah May. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because like you don't want either of your brand new people to lose their first match. Yeah. Like that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and that Swerve promo uh, after where they caught him after the match. The Swerve promo was very good, very impassioned promo. Swerve once again showing that he has really upped his game here in the, in the late part of 2023, going into 2024 now. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Do you think Swerve is just now being given the avenues to showcase his talent, or do you think his talent really has grown that much in 2023? Because he's a very different character than we first saw, and it's a very different wrestler than we first saw when he first showed up. Do you think that was just the booking and his promo time that he was given? Or do you think he's really changed that much in the course of a year? I'm just curious. Man, I, his, his abilities haven't changed that much. Uh, you know, he's, all, he's always been a very good wrestler, even going back to, like, Lucha Underground, which if you haven't seen Lucha Underground, do yourself a favor and find it and check it out. Lucha Underground. Um. But uh, his abilities have, have never been in question. But as far as his character, his promos, 
that is what has improved so much in 2023. So he's finally found the uh, the sweet spot of, you know, the a lot of times people say your best wrestling character is kind of yourself uh, put on high, you know, you know, yourself turned up to 10, something like that, you know, and maybe I don't know the guy, obviously, but maybe that's what we're getting right now is uh, the real is the real man turned up to 10. Um. Well, you know, I mean, a, a different a side, the dark side of the man turned up very high, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's what we're getting, you know. Um, you know, the, the more realism you put into it, the more that's going to come across to the fans uh, and the more it's going to it's going to serve you in your character. And the more the easier it, it is to play that character. So I think that's what we're seeing. You know, he's not playing someone behind a mask and he's not playing this uh you know uh, like a big hip-hop kind of star like they tried to make him in wwe that kind of thing that they were they were attempting to do i think um he's kind of he's kind of doing that in here but but he's more just himself here you know a Mm -hmm. cocky confident wrestler here they're kind of leaving out the big the hip-hop all that uh, well, it's not the mogul part of the mogul embassy. It is, but they don't really d- touch on that anymore, yeah. you know, yeah, in AEW. It's all about the wrestling mm-hmm. and what he wants as a wrestler. Yeah. You know, they don't really touch on any of that anymore. And and maybe that's where the turn happened, is mm-hmm. when we saw what he wanted as a wrestler mm-hmm. come out more. Hmm. So. Good answer. Up next, uh, Top Flight and Action Andretti are in the back discussing their next step. Uh, and then international champion Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta overhear them and challenge them to a match on Rampage. And that match happened, and it was pretty good. Uh, then we get a shot of Lexi Nair. She's in the back with TNT champion Christian, the prodigy Nick Wayne, and Mother Wayne. And they're awaiting Adam Copeland for an interview later. And then this next segment was pretty long. I'm going to try and recap it pretty quickly. Uh, Tony Schiavone is in the ring. He introduces the Callus family. The crowd chants, fuck you, Callus. Uh, so for Boxing Week, which is a thing in Canada, Callus presents a series of paintings as presents to the Callus family members. For Powerhouse Hobbs, it's a painting of Hobbs and Callus, and Callus is basically dressed as Tupac Shakur. Uh, for Takeshita, it's a painting of Callus sitting in a chair in a traditional Japanese dojo, and Takeshita standing over him with a sword in hand. For the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Kyle Fletcher, it's a painting of Uh, Both of them punching various animals in Australia. Uh, I missed that somehow, that that's what his was. Yeah, it's them going wild in the outback, punching various Australian animals. Uh, So after these three paintings have been presented, Sammy Guevara's music hits, and he comes out and he's displeased. Uh, And 
it's revealed Sammy's painting is Sammy holding his baby while the rest of the Callus family gathers around them. Which is pretty sweet, I thought, honestly. But uh, Sammy is upset because Callus never called him while he was out with his concussion. Uh, Callus insults Sammy's parenting. And Sammy then shoves Callus and the rest of the Callus family beat up on Sammy. And then Judas hits. And the crowd goes wild. Chris Jericho runs down with Floyd, the baseball bat, and runs off the Callus family. And Jericho then starts smashing the framed paintings, one after another. And when he reaches the one with Sammy and his child on it, Jericho hands the bat to Sammy. And Sammy smashes that one. And after that, the two men then extend hands to shake. And they shake hands. And then they hug, and the crowd loves it. Uh, but right as soon as that happens, the World Tag Team Champions, Ricky Starks and Big Bill, run down to attack Jericho and Guevara. And they beat on them for a couple seconds. And then who comes in for the save? Sting and Darby Allen. And the crowd goes crazy. It says, it's nice to see Darby Allen has been gone for a bit. And he returns with this awesome like purple trench coat thing. That's pretty cool to oh, see. Cool, yeah. Um, and he was nice. climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. So I guess that was successful. Yeah, I guess he survived. I don't know. I, I never heard anything else about that. Uh, but so Sting and Darby ran in for the save. And this, this all set up a big uh, four-on-four match at the pay-per-view. Uh, up next, Renee was with Roderick Strong and the Kingdom. And they had a bizarre chart that they say proves MJF is the devil. It looked like one of those like serial killer maps that you see when someone's like trying to figure out a conspiracy theory or something in the movies with like the red yarn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of black and white photos of things and yarn stretching here and there and writing and red pencil. It looked like Roderick Strong had lost his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, they run down the card for World's End. And then we get the Continental Classic Blue League final. Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, so pretty quickly, they head to the outside, and Eddie starts with the chops. Uh, Danielson hits a DDT on the apron. Danielson then with a flying knee from the apron to the floor. Uh, Danielson puts Ed, Eddie in a surfboard-type maneuver. Kingston hits an exploder suplex. Eddie with more killer chops. Eddie has some pretty strong chops, I tell you. Uh, LaBelle locks cinched in by Danielson. Kingston reaches the ropes. Hold is broken. Danielson attempted a top rope belly-to-back suplex. Kingston turned it around in midair. Danielson spits in Kingston's face. The ultimate insult. Uh, back suplex by Danielson, and then the yes kicks by Danielson. A Northern Lights bomb by Kingston. He gets the cover for two count. Danielson starts in with the elbow strikes. Danielson stomps Kingston's head in for a while. Uh, Kingston gets up, hits a spinning back fist, and a half-and-half half suplex. Another spinning back fist, and then a power bomb. 
and a high stack by Eddie Kingston. He gets the pin and the win. Eddie Kingston wins the Blue League of the Continental Classic and is heading to the final. This was another excellent match on Dynamite here. Uh, four and a half bones out of five. Very good match. Uh, Kay, what did you think of this match? I thought it was shockingly good. Um, I did not really have very high expectations. Both of these men are really good, but their styles are so radically different from each other. But I wasn't very confident in it blending well uh, in the ring. And they totally proved me wrong, which was delightful. Um, yeah, I just think Danielson's technical ability really complemented the like, what do I like bruiser style of Eddie, uh, brawling style of Eddie. Uh, and yeah, his chops look like they hurt a lot. I think this was, this was about the best Eddie Kingston match I've ever seen. I thought. Oh, me too. By far, by far. I feel like we saw moves from him in this match that we haven't seen from him before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's nice that he's expanding his repertoire. Yeah, Brian Danielson uh, brings out the best in everyone. I mean, he's one of the best uh, to ever do it, I think, really. Um, after the match, Moxley comes down to check on his BCC compatriot Danielson. And then Moxley tells Kingston he knows he can't beat him. And Kingston knows that he can't beat him. So as far as he sees it, Kingston has already given up. Uh, Kingston then grabs the mic. And he says he's going to beat up Moxley and he's going to enjoy it. And so that's the uh, final for the pay-per-view. Moxley versus Kingston for the Triple Crown. Then we cut to the back. We see Lexi Nair and the Patriarchy still awaiting Adam Copeland's arrival. Uh, then there's a commercial. We cut to the back. Copeland comes in uh, like a house of fire, attacks Nick Wayne, attacks Christian Cage. Uh, the B and C guys in the locker room all pour out. They come out to, to break up the backstage brawl. And this just builds to the TNT Championship match, the no DQ match at the pay-per-view, Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland. Up next, we have Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue. Blue attempts a Hurricane Rana. Statlander cartwheels out of it. Uh, Statlander with a delayed vertical suplex. Uh, and then a deadlift German suplex for a two-count by Statlander. Uh, code Blue for a two-count by Sky Blue. Blue tries a Hurricane Rana. Statlander reverses it into a power bomb for a two count. Uh, Blue acts as though something is in her eye to distract the referee, and Julia Hart shows up and knocks Statlander off the top rope. Um, and she stays on the top rope, though, and Sky Blue climbs up and hits a super code blue, but they don't quite pull it off. Uh, they don't quite hit it right. Uh, but that's the pin and the win. Uh, Sky Blue gets the win. This this was a pretty decent match. Um, until the end. Until the end. Um, I give it three bones out of five. Pretty good match. 
after the match, Junior Hart and Sky Blue attack Chris Statlander. And then Willow Nightingale runs down for the save. And then Abaddon enters and menaces the heels. And the heels exit a different way. They take the side route to the back as they're scared of Abaddon. Uh, what did you think of the Sky Blue Chris Statlander match, Kay? It was okay. Um, it wasn't the best match I've seen from either of these women, uh, but it was pretty looking pretty solid until that last move where I just feel like their timing was just like a smidgen off, but it was a big enough smidgen that it was super noticeable. Um, I know that like for heels, they kind of have to cheat to get over their heelness, you know, but I'd like to see Sky Blue win a match not cheating. You know, against someone like on the, as, on the caliber of Chris Statlander. If they're going to keep pushing her, I'd like to see them actually push her. If that makes sense. Well, they're trying to, you know, get this Julia Hart and Sky Blue... Uh, uh, relationship? Yeah, relationship uh, solidified. So they've got to mm -hmm. have some cheating going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's an easy, easy answer to the how can we get them to become one question, you know? Yeah, but, you know, sometimes that's how it works. Yeah. You got to go with what's easy because that's how it works. I just like more compelling storytelling. I understand. I got you. I got you. Uh, next, Renee is with the outcasts. Uh, Soraya says she got Harley Cameron to be Ruby Soho's helper. Uh, Ruby Soho then exits, taking a call from her on-screen and real-life boyfriend, Angelo Parker. Uh, Harley Cameron then pulls out a butcher knife for seemingly no reason, and Soraya says, no, let's try the other thing, and it's not revealed what the other thing is, and then they leave. So this is a rather puzzling segment so i guess the outcasts are still together and i guess harley cameron is part of them now and uh harley cameron is going to help ruby soho somehow with something that's not a butcher knife very puzzling segment but <laughs> but i'm interested i'm interested it's nice to see harley cameron again since qtv dissolved you know she's yeah. pretty funny QTV dissolved like the diarrhea that it was. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. Anyway. We get another World's End card rundown, and then we are at our main event. Uh, not a whole bunch of matches tonight. So we had had one, one, two, three... We had three, and we get now for the main event, we kind of get a match. So we get four. Do we? Kind of. Oh, uh, not a whole lot of matches, but we, but we got two really good matches uh, yeah. on Dynamite. Uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team title match. Uh, of course, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions uh, are MJF, at this point, MJF and Adam Cole, but Adam Cole still injured. So Samoa Joe stepping in for Adam Cole. Uh, 
So it's MJF and Samoa Joe versus two of the Devil's henchmen. Uh, we're about to start the match, and we see a video of Samoa Joe in the back writhing around in pain. And at this point, it's going to be a handicap match. MJF, uh, they start the match. MJF tries to unmask one, but gets guillotined on the top rope by the other masked man. Uh, MJF tries for a mask again on the outside, and a third masked man emerges from underneath the ring and hits MJF with a pipe. Back in the ring, one of the minions hits MJF with a heat seeker for the pin and the win. It's as quick as that, uh, so I'm not going to rate this match as a squash match. Uh, we have new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, uh, the Devil's Henchmen. Uh, I prefer minions. The Devil's Minions? Yeah, I okay. like that better than Henchmen. The Devil's Minions. Uh, at this point, all four masked men take the boots to MJF after the match. Uh, and then Samoa Joe's music hits, and he comes hobbling down to the ring with a steel chair. Uh, he clears out the, the minions. A message comes up on the big screen, which says, Pleasure doing business with you. It also shows the devil's face. Right. And Samoa Joe then hits MJF with a steel chair turning on him and then gets him up and backs him into a corner and tells him, I did this to you yelling, yelling it at him. I did this to you. And Joe hits MJF with a muscle buster on that torn up shoulder of MJF's, uh, then poses with the AEW world title over MJF's body as the show goes off the air. So pretty, uh, pretty good episode of dynamite. Heading into the pay-per-view, uh, setting up uh, what looked like it was going to be a pretty, uh, pretty good pay-per-view. It was a pretty good pay-per-view. It was pretty good. Yeah, pretty um, good. It set it up to make it look a lot better than it was going to be. True, true. So we'll we're, get to that in a minute. We're going to get to that right now. Oh, right now. Yeah. Do you need these notes? Oh, yeah, I do. So real quick, uh, there were a couple matches on the Zero Hour. Uh, Willow Nightingale pinned Chris Statlander. Uh, Killswitch, formerly known as Luchasaurus, won a battle royal for number one contendership to the TNT title. He could get a title match anytime, anywhere, kind of like the Money in the Bank in WWE. Except this is just like a clipboard. Yeah. A literal contract. Yeah. And then in the FTW title match, the champion Hook successfully defended his title against the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta in about the least hardcore hardcore match I've ever seen. Uh, and now we start the pay per view. No, it's not. What about the hardcore? What the the hardcore match they did to honor that guy that died on WWE? What was that? What are you talking about? When Terry Funk died, they did like a Terry Funk hardcore like memorial match and it was like the lamest hardcore match ever. You don't remember I that? I vaguely remember. I vaguely remember what you're talking about. It was like they used like a kendo stick. Yeah. I vaguely remember what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, you were supposed to remind me to go get the uh, prediction belt. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't forget to go to the prediction belt. 
Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. You know you're in trouble if you're asking me to help you remember things. Yeah. Well. So, World's End pay-per-view. Uh, show opened up with a big eight-man tag team match. Um, had Brody King, Jay Lethal, Jay White, and Roosh versus Mark Briscoe, Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, Roosh and Claudio to start with an exchange of forearms and chops. Uh, Lethal and Briscoe in next with in next with some redneck kung fu and some knife edge chops exchange. Danielson and Jay White in next. Danielson uh, does the LaBelle lock. Jay gets to the ropes. Brody and Garcia in next. Roosh tags in. Roosh stomping repeatedly on Garcia and then mocking his dance. And Garcia's nose started bleeding at this point. Brody and Roosh uh, kept uh, doing quick tags. Uh, Daniel Garcia uh, got manhandled uh, by the whole heel team. Uh, got chopped, stomped, rapid pins, focused on the left knee. Brody uh, faces off with Daddy Magic and calls him a bitch. Daddy Magic was at the uh, commentary table. Uh, there's a hot tag to Mark Briscoe. Danielson attacks Roosh while Garcia attacks Brody King. A uh, lot of action in this match. Mark Briscoe hits the Cactus Jack elbow drop from the ring apron to the arena floor on Roosh. Uh, Fisherman's Buster by Mark Briscoe on Jay White. Flurry of European uppercuts by Claudio onto Brody King. Claudio suplexes Brody. Big swing on King by Claudio. Uh, Pendum only got a two count. Uh, all men in the ring attacking each other. Garcia suplexes Brody. Uh, Garcia. Yeah, you, you gotta let that sink in for a minute. Garcia suplexes Brody King. Like, yeah. you gotta emphasize that one. It was an impressive spot. It was crazy impressive. Uh, Garcia pins Jay Lethal for the three count. Got a roll-up pin. So, the faces win. Uh, Briscoe, Danielson, Garcia, and Claudio get the win. And, of course, here on uh, No Bones About Wrestling, AEW Weekly, we do uh, Predictions Championship, and we have a belt for it. Uh, the belt is upstairs because I was supposed to go and get it. And I forgot to remind him. Yes. Um, but whoever gets the most predictions right gets the belt. And uh, so K at this point is one for one. I picked the heels to win, so I am 0 for 1. I'm also the reigning champion. He didn't mention that, but Correct. I feel like it's worth noting. Correct. Yes, she is the reigning champion. Also, I'm super competitive. Yes, that too. Uh, next match, Miro versus Andrade El Idolo. And uh, the rumors going into this match were that this is Andrade's final match with AEW. Uh, everyone seemed to say it was... Uh, pretty much a sure thing, Andrade is headed back to WWE. Uh, so Andrade, of course, accompanied by Miro's wife, CJ Perry. Uh, Miro attacks Andrade before the bell, uh, before he could even get his gear off. 
Uh, Miro is yelling and arguing with CJ Perry during the match. Miro relentlessly attacking Andrade. Uh, Andrade got in no offense in the in the beginning of the match. This was essentially a, a glorified squash match, really. It was, a, it was about a 14-minute squash match. Uh, Miro put Andrade uh, onto the announce table. Uh, Andrade knocked Miro over the announce table with a shove. Andrade threw Miro into the steel stairs, uh, superplexed by Miro uh, off of the middle rope. Crowd with a Let's Go Miro chance. Uh, Dragon Screw through the ropes by Andrade. Uh, Moonsault to the outside by Andrade on Miro. This was a few moves that Andrade got in. Uh, Andrade hugs CJ Perry mid-match. A swan dive moonsault press by Andrade. Uh, he missed the first and hit the second moonsault. He, he landed on his feet and then hit a standing moonsault. Uh, game over by Miro, but Andrade reaches the ropes. A hold is broken. Spinning back elbow by Andre, uh, Andrade, excuse me, he gets a two count. Uh, Andrade gets a figure four. He bridges it into a figure eight, just like his wife, Charlotte Flair. Uh, the hold is reversed by Miro. Uh, Miro yelling and telling him to tap, motherfucker. Uh, CJ Perry knocks Andrade's arms down to break the figure eight. So CJ Perry turning on Andrade here. Her own clients. Right. Uh, Miro cinches in the game over. Andrade taps out. And this pretty much did look like Andrade's final match. He was dominated by Miro here. Um, and had his own manager turn against him, of course. Um, it was a decent match. Miro looked very good. Andrade, they didn't give him anything. Like I said, it was essentially a glorified squash match. Um, I gave it three bones out of five. I was very much looking forward to this match, but they it, it was too one-sided to, to enjoy too much. Um, Miro just beat him up the whole time. Um... Kay predicted, well, we both predicted this one correctly. So Kay was two for two. And after this match, I was one for two on my picks. Up next, we had the women's world title match. Tony Storm defending her belt against Riho. And I thought this was an odd place to put the women's world title match. Too yeah. early in the show, I thought. Too early in the show and before the TBS title match. Yeah. Like, that's not... Okay. Yeah. What do you think? What do you? Why do you think they did that? Don't know. Hmm. Couldn't tell you. I didn't like it though. No, neither. I thought this should have come much later in the show. Yeah, like, like, like the second main event. Not that I'm a big fan of the double main event thing, but it should be the the match right before the main event. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But that's because you try and give equal importance to the women's belt as you do the men's belt, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Tony Khan doesn't do that. Yeah. So, uh, Riho uh, went for several suplexes while Tony uh, 
was just standing there, not moving. Uh, so like she couldn't lift her is what I meant by that. I got you. Uh, Luther catches Riho and passed her to Tony, who slammed her on the floor outside the ring. Uh, Tony walked on Riho's back repeatedly. Uh, several scoop-up slams by Tony Storm. Tony got on Luther's shoulders and has him run <laughs> while she has Riho by the hair, and she flips Riho off of the apron onto the arena floor, and Luther gets ejected from the match. Uh, Riho then hit a 619 uh, into a splash, into a slam, and went for the pin and got a two-count. Uh, Riho then hit a splash to the outside. Uh, Tony, uh, very shortly after that, back inside the ring, uh, gets the Storm, what I believe is called the Storm One, an older finisher of hers. Uh, she brings it back and gets the pin and the win, retains her belt. Uh, after the match, Mariah May throws rose petals all over Tony in celebration of her retaining the belt. Um, we both predicted Tony Storm to win. We were both correct. So after this match, Kay was three for three in her picks. I was two for three. Kay, what did you think about? Oh, and uh, the bone rating. Um, this match let me down a little bit. I, I expected more out of it. I was not impressed by Riho's offense. Um, Tony Storm looked good. Um, they never really got in too much of a, of a flow, you know, and never got into too much of a story in the match. Um, so I gave this one three bones out of five also. It was just a little, just a little of a letdown to what I was, I was hoping it, it could be. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not too impressed with Riho personally. Uh, Kay, what did you think about this match? I thought pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, this was not what I expected in a bad way. Um, I also am not often taken with Riho and her performance. Um, and this was on par with that. Uh, Tony Storm did a great job. Uh, the match was not terrible, but it just wasn't what I'm looking for as my main event pay-per-view women's title match. You know, like, I feel like this was a match I could have seen on Dynamite. Hmm. And you don't want your pay-per-views to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there was a stretch here where it, it did feel that way. With the with the Andrade-Miro match, the the Storm-Riho match, and and unfortunately this next match as well. Um, so it was supposed to be Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee, but earlier in the day, uh, the day of the pay-per-view, Keith Lee came out. It was a very strange day Saturday. Uh, he came out and let everyone know that he's been injured and been working through an injury for, what, over a year or so, right? Over a year, yeah. So there's an explanation, at least, to why his matches have been so shitty. Uh, so I wish wrestlers wouldn't feel the need to work through injuries, you know. Um, but at least there's an explanation to why he's fallen off so badly. Uh, but so they, they found um, a replacement for Keith Lee, 
And so the match, Swerve Strickland versus Dustin Rhodes. And Swerve attacked Dustin before the bell. Uh, Prince Nana pulled out a cinder block. And Swerve double stomped Dustin's ankle, breaking the cinder block. This was all before the bell, so none of this was a disqualification or anything. Right. Uh, still no bell. Uh, a lot of staff come out from the back and come out from the back, is, is what I meant to say, yeah, and check on Dustin and start walking him to the back. But he turns around and limps to the ring. Uh, as soon as the bell rings, Swerve kicks Dustin in the face. Uh, Sorry, that was funny to me. Dustin hits a crossbody off the top. Uh, Canadian Destroyer by Rhodes, followed by a snap power slam. Uh, Dustin knocks down Nana. Uh, crossroads by Dustin for two count. A stretch muffler by Swerve, and he is stomping Dustin's face while he's in the hold. Uh, Dustin flips off and spits on Swerve, which may have been a mistake with the control Swerve had over him at this point in the match. A house call by Swerve, uh, and then a second one. Uh, and then a Swerve stomp for the pin and the win. And so this one, again, not much of a, of a competition. Um, I was hoping for more. I'm not sure why they did the swerve injuring Dustin before the match spot, you know, just to show Dustin doesn't give up like that kind of thing. You know, I mean, it was a, at least they had a story with the match. I think it was more so to show how evil swerve is. I think that was and it. To try and like get him over as a heel. Right. Which is not working. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they were trying, trying in vain Yeah. to, to keep Swerve a heel, which what I was saying the other day is he is this generation's Stone Cold, Steve Austin. They're trying to keep him a heel. It's not, it's not working. People love him too much. They're enjoying his work too much. You're just going to have to embrace him and realize that he's a face. People like him and run with it and figure out some way to turn this evil heelish character who breaks into people's houses and harasses their children and smashes, you know, photos of uh, dead fathers over their children's heads and uh, hangs people and whatever else he does, you know. Smashes the ankles of an elderly man. He's not elderly. elderly. And smashes Dustin Rhodes' ankle. Right. The, the, How old is he? 50 something. Okay, yeah, not literally. Uh, they're gonna have to find some way to, to turn this repellent character into a face because that's what the crowd wants. They want to cheer Swerve. So Tony Khan needs to find some way to let the crowd be able to cheer Swerve because trying to make him a heel and trying to keep him a heel is not is not working. Well, he found a way with MJF, which I would not have thought possible had you told me that a year ago, you know? Yeah. Like, I, he was the biggest deal of the company, and he successfully turned him into the biggest face in the company. 
So I bet he has uh, something up his sleeve, you know? Well, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, but yeah, this match not not like I said, not much to it either. Um, nothing against either of the guys in it, but just, just uh, not much to it. Kind of a glorified squash match, really. I uh, gave this one three bones out of five. Uh, we both predicted Swerve, uh, so we were both correct. At this point, Kay was four for four in her picks, and I was three for four in my picks. Uh, up next, we had another big eight-man tag. Uh, we had Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen versus uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Konosuke Takeshita, and the World Tag Team Champions, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Uh, there's an eye poke by Chris Jericho to Big Bill. Uh, helicopter Blue Thunderbomb by Takeshita on Darby. Hobbs and Big Bill swing Darby Allen all the way across the ring. That was a pretty impressive spot. A hot tag from Darby to Sting. Uh, Big Bill got crotched on the top rope by Sting, who bounced him on it. Uh, Ricky did his stupid dancing rope walk while holding Sting's hand. I wish Sting had pulled him down on that, you know. Or just pushed him off. Yeah, I don't care for that move. It's so stupid. Like, yeah. the rope walk is stupid enough, but then when you add the dancing to the rope walk, it's just, like, stupid on stupid, you know? Uh, Scorpion Death Drop on Hobbs by Darby Allen. Uh, Scorpion Death Lock on Takeshita by Sting. Callus uh, breaks it up by running into the ring with a bat. Uh... Dual Scorpion Deathlocks by Sting and Jericho on Hobbs. Uh, on Hobbs and Takeshita, excuse me. Uh, they're broken up by Ricky. Uh, Shooting Star Press by Sammy on Ricky. And Sammy gets the pin. And that team gets the win. The faces get the win. I like that they gave Sammy the pin. Why is that? Because he's been gone, and he's been gone because he was hurt, and he's better, and he's back, and I'm excited that he's back, and I'm glad he got the win. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him get a push now that he's back. Hey. So yeah, Jericho, Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen get the win. Uh, we both predicted this correctly, so after this, uh, Kay was 5 for 5 in her picks, and I was 4 for 5. As Sammy's like one of the shortest heel turns ever, wasn't he? he they turned him heel for like one match. Yes. It's one right? of the shortest right? heel turns ever, yes. Okay. There's probably some heel turn in WCW that is shorter during the Vince Russo era, I'm mm-hmm. sure. That was like probably like, like two days or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up next was the TBS title match. Uh, we had Julia Hart defending her belt against Abaddon. Wait, what was your bone rating for that match? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give it. My bone rating for that match, four bones out of five. Good match. Uh, so that brought us up out of the out of the three-bone doldrums that we'd been in. So the two eight-man tag matches have gotten four bones. Everything else so far on the show, I've given three bones. Been kind of underwhelming so far, except for the, the eight-man tags. 
Uh, and now the TBS title match uh, fought under uh, house rules. Uh, of course, Julia Hart in the House of Black. Um, and Abaddon, of course, got to pick one rule of her own. And the rule that she picked was biting is allowed. Right? Yes. Okay. Well, at least that's what... So we couldn't hear the announcers when they said what they said when they said her stipulation. Right. But at one point they said biting is legal in this match. So I know that whatever her stipulation was, it at least included that biting is legal. But yeah. that's the only, like confirmed. Well, we see biting all the time in AEW. Yeah, we do. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm unsure. Anyways, so uh, we start off with this is spooky chance. Uh, a lot of hard hits by both women to start. Uh, Julia used the ropes to choke Abaddon. Uh, Abaddon was biting uh, Julia. More biting by Abaddon, uh, but Sky Blue came out. Uh, she pushed Abaddon down, but Abaddon started attacking Sky Blue. Uh, Julia Hart repeatedly bashed Abaddon's head into the stairs. And then to end the match, Julia Hart completely missed a moonsault. She landed on her uh, feet. Uh, and uh, then she pinned Abaddon and got the pin and the win. Um, it was so awkward. Yeah. Uh. Uh, the rest of the match was okay. The finish was terrible. Um, I give this one... Uh, I'm going to give this one two and a half bones out of five. Uh, not much to it. Can I just say that if you're a wrestler, because I mean, we saw with Julia and the pay-per-view, we saw it with Sky Blue on Dynamite. If you're a wrestler and you can't consistently, successfully do your finisher, you need a different finisher. Yeah. That's supposed to be your like best move, your signature move. And if you only hit it like, less than 50% of the time in a believable fashion, you got to fix it. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Well, they've got to, they've got to change it before she kills someone, you know, or she hurts herself. I mean, hurts someone else or herself. Yeah. I mean, before like she lands her knees directly on their head, you know, because yeah. if you can't hit it consistently, who knows where you're going to land. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. And then you land knee first on their head and you kill them. So I mean, I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be funny. Well, she weighs like 10 pounds. I Nonetheless, yeah. that trajectory, you know, coming off the top mm -hmm. rope, yeah. a, a knee on a head. Yeah, at the right spot. Yeah. So, yeah, she needs to figure it out or change it. Yes. Um, so that was the the worst match on the, on the pay-per-view, uh, I thought. Just not much to it. Um, and like I said, this pay-per-view at this point, pretty underwhelming, uh, unfortunately. And I was really looking forward to it. I thought it had a, a, a chance of being a very good uh, card. Um, but what we're about to get into, it, it picks up, thankfully. Uh, and just to note, at this point, uh, we both picked that match correctly, Julia Hart to win. At this point, Kay was 6 for 6 in her picks, and I was 5 for 6 in my picks. 
And up next, we had the TNT title match, no disqualification. Christian Cage defending his belt against Adam Copeland. Uh, Copeland is jacked. He looks amazing. Uh, the best he's looked since he's been in AEW. Looks terrific. Uh, Copeland is bleeding early. Copeland jumps on Cage from a heightened part of the arena. Christian starts using a kendo stick on Adam Copeland. Uh, Cage sets up a chair on Copeland's neck and sits in the chair. Uh, looked painful, of course, on that fused neck of Copeland. He doesn't just sit in the chair. He sits in the chair and starts putting him in a crab. Yeah. So it's like chair on him with his weight on him and he's bending his legs up yeah uh copeland puts on a submission hold with a uh, a chair part in cage's mouth uh cage with a sunset bomb off the ladder onto copeland and this is where the match started getting wild uh copeland tried to uh, concerto christian but nick wayne interfered uh, copeland threw a chair at Christian twice, right at his head. Uh, then speared Christian through a table. Uh, pin for two count as Mother Wayne pulled Copeland off. Then Nick Wayne attacked Copeland with the TNT title belt. Uh, they set a table on fire. Adam Copeland tried to put Nick Wayne through the fiery table, but he missed. He powerbombed him onto the arena floor. Uh, his butt hit the table. His butt hit the table. He, he was, yeah, his butt was very hot and he was having to. <laughs> <laughs> the table didn't break though. It just flipped over. Yeah, the table flipped over and the fire went out. Uh, but yeah, so. And that would have been an awesome spot, but yeah, he missed. Um, so he goes in, uh, hits the kill switch on Christian Gets the pin and the win. New champion, Adam Copeland, TNT champion. This match was excellent. Sold the show. Uh, four and a half bones out of five. This was the best match of the pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Four and a half bones out of five. Very good. Uh, and after this, uh, Kay was seven for seven in her picks. And I was six for seven in my pick. So we were doing pretty good on this on this show. Um, uh, after Copeland wins the title, Killswitch comes out. And he's maybe wanting to cash in his uh, TNT uh, title contract. But then Christian whispers something in his ear that we don't find out what it is. Doesn't he hit Copeland with a chair first? Who? Luchasaurus, or uh, whatever his name Kill is. Switch. Kill Switch. I'm not sure. I thought he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry, continue. Um, but Christian whispers something in his ear, and Kill Switch gives Christian the title contract. I think you're right, yeah. I think I'm right, too, because that's like why he's like worn down. Right. And uh, Christian... Immediately pins Copeland and wins the title back. And I'm not sure how much the crowd liked that. Oh, they seem to hate it. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, very good match. So is your bone rating for that one? Yeah, four and a half bones half. out of five, yeah. Okay. Uh, so up next, we have the Continental Classic Final. Wait, I, wait, you didn't say what you thought. Did you hate it that they did that? I kind of liked it. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I mean, it got... Um, I thought it would have been interesting to see a new champion for a while mm -hmm. with the TNT title belt. Mm -hmm. I think Christian's had it for a while. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it. Um, I liked it. I feel like it helped solidify the scumbagginess of Christian's character and how much control he has over his little his underlings, you know? Yeah. I think, so, it, I think it aided Christian's evilness. Because I feel like some people, like, he's so good at being a heel that I think the people are starting to, like, like him. Yeah. You know? Uh, and like the patriarchy, which is not what you want. And so I feel like this helped get people to not like him again. Yeah. I think you, you maybe hit the nail on the head there. So what did you think of the match? Oh, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. That spot where Edge like jumped off the top of the stairs in the arena yeah. down was very cool. I yeah. wish she had gone through the table. I feel bad that they had this awesome spot set up and it, like I feel bad for them that it didn't land because I think they would have been I think they were really excited for that moment, you know? The fiery table? The fiery table, yeah. Yeah, that was a shame. That yeah. was a shame. And it was just like a mistaken table placement, you know? I yeah. mean, there's not much you could have done about that. Yeah, no, that really was a shame that they missed that. But, the, I mean, not to take away from a, mm -hmm. a great match. Yeah. Great match. Uh, up next, the Continental Classic final to see who is going to be the first Triple Crown champion in AEW. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. And Brian Danielson came out to do commentary. Uh, there's good mat wrestling to start. Very slow, very deliberately paced match to begin. A uh, lot of chopping to begin. Uh, Kingston did a running push through the ropes and overshot it, hitting his head and shoulder on the barricade. Almost knocked himself out. Uh, hit, hit himself on the barricade, you know, w w between the fans and the and the arena uh, and the ring. Uh, Eddie chopped Mox, uh, but Mox. Uh, I don't know what that says. Where are you? <laughs> Gets his arms up like this. Got his arms up and hit bone on bone. Yeah, because he chopped him, but he had his arms up like this, and so he chopped his bone, his arm bone. More chops. Yeah, there were a lot of chops in this match. Only chops. Is that better? Um, machine gun chops from Eddie. Uh, DDT by Eddie. Uh, exchanging bulldog chokes. Exchange of clotheslines. Uh, spinning back slap by Eddie. And he got the pin and the win. Was a back slap. And this was a very um, uh, Japanese style match. Um, a lot of mat wrestling. Um, a lot of trying to get the 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 advantage. Trying to get the other man kind of tired. 
uh, trying to get the, the grappling advantage over the other man. And uh, like I said, very deliberately paced, and I'm sure it was a divisive match. Uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was, a, it was a good match. I gave it four bones out of five. Um, but yeah, so Eddie Kingston is the first Triple Crown champion. And I believe on the AEW website, they're referring to him as the Continental Champion. I'm not sure if that's how they're going to keep referring to him. I think Triple Crown sounds way better. But on the website, it says Continental Champion, Eddie Kingston. Well, that's what the belt is. That's the Continental Championship. Yeah. So it makes sense. But, but he's got three belts. No, but the, the Continental Championship belt is the other two belts also. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I predicted Eddie Kingston to win. Uh, so I was seven for eight after this. Kay missed her first match of the night. She predicted John Moxley to win. So she was seven for eight. So we were both, uh, we were tied at this point, both seven for eight in our picks. Um, and now we head into the main event. Uh, MJF versus Samoa Joe. Uh, MJF putting his world title on the line against Samoa Joe. Uh, and before MJF came out, there was a, a funny Long Island promo with all these different Long Island uh, businesses and people from Long Island. It was, it was very cool. Very nice. Very, very good touch. Uh, and... Adam Cole came out with MJF, which I didn't expect. You know, I, our prediction, if you listen to us on the show here, our prediction was for, for weeks has been Adam Cole's the devil. And when he came out with MJF, I was surprised. I said, now, how the fuck are they going to do this now, you know? Um, I just didn't expect Adam Cole to come out. Um I don't but, think anybody did. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but there they was. Came, they came to the ring separately. Like right. They didn't come out together. But like MJF came out, got down to the ring, and then pointed at the uh, stage and or entrance, and then Adam Cole's music hit. Yeah. So fuck you, Joe. Chance right before the match. Uh, Joe targeting MJF's shoulder, punching, pulling, squeezing on it. Uh, MJF escaped a muscle buster. Uh, Max trying to go for quick covers on Joe. Uh, Joe thwarted the kangaroo kick. Uh, Joe kicked Max in the head while he was trying to skin the cat. Uh, dragon suplex by Joe, followed by a release. Uh, straight jacket German. Uh, muscle buster. Onto the apron by Joe. A headbutt from MJF, followed by an eye rake. Uh, MJF uh, bit Joe's head. Uh, MJF tried to get Joe on his shoulders and collapsed under the weight. An armbar by MJF using a tape uh, on Joe's head to help. Hand. On Joe's hand, thank you, to help. Uh, Joe reversed it into an armbar on Max's injured shoulder. Uh, MJF pushed Joe into the ref. MJF low-blowed Joe, then got him on his shoulder and hit an F5 for a two-count. 
uh, MJF called for the ring, the dynamite diamond ring from Adam Cole. And he had, you know, he was looking for it. He was, you know, had a hard time finding it. He was looking in this pocket, looking in this pocket of his jacket, looking in this pocket of his pants, this pocket. I can't, I can't fucking find it. And then finally he gets it. Uh, but it's, it's too late. Joe gets MJF in chokehold and they raise his hand and it drops three times and the crowd is stunned and Smojo wins by knockout and is the new AEW world champion. And so after the match, uh, Adam Cole is consoling MJF and then um, the the devil's minions come and they grab uh, MJF and they grab Adam Cole and they're about to, you know, start beat the shit out of them. They're going to have him with a chair. Right. They brought a chair with them. Right. And the lights go off and the lights come back on and Adam Cole is sitting in the chair and the four minions are behind him now. And right. Yeah. And, and Adam Cole smiling evilly. And MJF is just on the mat. On right? the mat like cowering. Yeah. yeah. Cause he thinks he's about to be hit with a chair until the lights come back on. And so it's revealed Adam Cole is the devil. He pulls out the mask from his inside his jacket. Yeah, he pulls out the mask from inside his jacket. And the the minions behind him take their masks off. And it's revealed. And if you've been listening to our show, uh, I'm, I'm going to pat, pat ourselves on the back uh, for a minute here. You'll know that we got it right. We've, been, we've had it right for weeks. 100% right. Adam Cole was the devil. And his minions were Wardlow, Roderick Strong, and the Kingdom. And so we find out at least the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions are the Kingdom. Um, finally. Sorry. I just I wanted them to have those titles for so long, and they finally have them. And I know I shouldn't be excited because this is like the downfall of MJF, and I love him. But I was really excited that the Kingdom got the ROH Tag Titles. Sorry. I just had to add that in. But yes, um, so... Wait, so, so what did you give the match? You never said your match rating. Oh, I didn't say what I gave no. the match. Uh, I gave the match three and a half bombs. It was decent. You know, they, they had to work around MJF's injuries, and they did a decent job while keeping some, some drama about it. So three and a half bombs. Um, and uh, in our picks, we both actually, we both picked MJF to win. We both thought somehow, we thought everything was p uh, pointing to MJF losing, so we thought somehow he was going to still win uh, while they revealed the devil, you know? So we were both wrong. So we both finished seven for nine in our picks. Which means which due to champion's advantage. Which means due to champion's advantage, I guess keep the belt. K keeps the prediction belt so k is still the predictions champion Yay! yes job well done thank you thank you but we do, both did very well in our picks seven for nine pretty good 
And we both, uh, as I said, patting ourselves on the back just one more time for weeks, weeks ago, if you listen to our show, watch our show, weeks ago picked the, the devil and his minions uh, as Adam Cole and Wardlow the Kingdom and Roderick Strong. Well, I had the three of them. I did not have Wardlow. Well, I did. I've been did. saying it for been weeks saying it for and forever, weeks. And yeah. I thought you were going to be wrong, but you were not. There what? was that one Wardlow-sized gentleman. Makes sense. But so, yeah, now MJF is now actually off of the, the roster, off of the AEW online roster, uh, as they're really playing up this whole deal with him not having re-signed. I'm not sure if it's true or not. Personally, I, I think he has already re-signed with them. Of course, I have no idea if that's true or not. But that's personally what I think. Um, but for now, it seems as, as as though MJF is taking some time off, some much-needed time off. Um, has a couple injuries. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So if MJF is taking time off, now that Adam Cole reveals he's the devil... Right. What's, what, what's, is, what the fuck are they going to do? We're going to find out Wednesday. We're going to yeah, find out tomorrow. Ooh, it's tomorrow. Yay. Yeah. I mean, right. What's up? What's going to happen? If MJF's gone, um, what's the devil going to do? Uh, well, like, and if the devil was pursuing MJF, was it, was it, was Adam Cole pursuing MJF because he's MJF and he was just trying to like mess with him or was it because he's after the title? Because if so, now is all of this going to shift focus to Joe? Even though Joe was in cahoots with them? Like, are they now going to go after him because they want that title? Or or what? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like this pay-per-view ended with, like, more questions than we started with going into it. Yeah. Um, and... I love AEW pay-per-views. I always thoroughly enjoy them. And this is the first one that I've ever been, like, lukewarm about. You know, yeah, like, I, I agree. Didn't, I didn't dislike it, but it was not... It was just okay. It was just okay, which that's the first time I've ever said that about any AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. Usually, I think they're fucking awesome. Yeah, like, mind-blowingly awesome. Yeah, like, great. Yeah. Like, each time we, we see a new one, we have the debate of, like, is this the best one or is it the one before? You know what I mean? Like, each time it's like they're outdoing themselves. And this time, they did not get anywhere near that. No. Uh, and there were some, some things playing against them, you know. Uh, MJF's injured. Uh, Keith Lee injured, pulled out of the match. Andrade um, leaving. Andrade leaving. So they, you know, they booked a squash match, um, but then they, they, some of the other matches just were, like the Julia Hart Abaddon match, just was nothing to it. Um, what were the other ones? Not much to it. Riho and Tony Storm. Riho and Tony Storm. Not much to it. Uh, I hate to say. Um, I think it was really just those. Yeah, just Five just a hand. Six. <laughs> That's kind of All right, yeah. <laughs> There's only nine on the show. Yeah, hand handful of matches. Yeah, just uh, disappointing. 
Uh, now, there are some very good matches. The, the two eight-man matches and the TNT title match mm-hmm. saved the show. Yeah, for real. Um, I mean, because that's, as far as being, like, great, that was it. That was it. Um, so I, I still enjoyed it, uh, but not to the the extent, like Kay said, not to the extent we usually do. I, like, kept, I kept waiting for the show to pick up, and it didn't really pick up until the the opening match was good, and then it fell into a lull until the TNT title match, really. Like, we'll buy the DVD, but not because I want to rewatch it, but just so our collection is complete. Yes, know? yes. Yeah. Um, so what's what's up next? I'm going to do the top five. I would usually do the news. Why do you always ask me what's next then? Because I, I thought, want you I to say the news. Oh, I thought you were letting me pick and I was picking the top five. Okay, well, the news. Okay. Where is it? It's on the next page. No, I want you to say the news so then okay. I can do my thing. Okay. The news. <laughs> AEW News Roundup. Uh, former WWF star Scotty Too Hotty made his AEW in-ring debut on a Dynamite Dark match. Uh, he has been working with AEW as a producer since July. Uh, Mariah May will have her in-ring debut on tomorrow's Dynamite. Her opponent has not yet been announced. Uh, Sean Spears is leaving AEW after five years with the company. Uh, With the success of the Continental Classic, Tony Khan said uh, he will be moving toward a more sports-based presentation based on fan feedback. What that means, we don't know yet, so we will see. AEW following World's End, uh, he could be immediately going to WWE. A lot of people believe he may be ending up in WWE as soon as this week. Uh, it was a great week in ratings for AEW, with Collision last week finishing above the end, uh, in NBA and Dynamite's ratings, the biggest since Grand Slam. Uh, Also, World's End was a sellout uh, up at the Nashville Coliseum on Long Island. Uh, Dynamite uh, did 843,000 viewers, and that was up seven, averaged 843,000 viewers, and that was up 7.8%, and it did a 0.31 in the 18 through 49-year-old demographic. Uh, At the post-World's End media scrum, Tony Khan reiterated his claim that he will be very active in signing women in 2024, saying he had, quote, many cards up his sleeve. Not a few, but many. So let's hope he does. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, Yeah, and and one of those, a lot of people believe um, that it's, it's... Almost a done deal that he is bringing Mercedes Monet to AEW. So we'll see when we see. I want Maria Canales Bennett to come to AEW. I don't understand why she's not there. 
Because we have the kingdom. We have Mike Bennett. I want the better Bennett. <laughs> and she's not even around in Ring of Honor right now, is she? Mm -mm. Mm. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, uh, Samoa Joe winning the title from MJF at World's End was always the plan and is unrelated to MJF's injury. Do you buy that? I do. AEW Battle of the Belts 9 will take place on Saturday, January 13th at 10 p.m., immediately following Collision. I believe that's the same night as um, TNA's uh, big show they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, MJF is currently debating rehabbing his torn labrum or having it surgically repaired. Uh, either would mean he is out of action for a while. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, MJF has been removed from the online AEW roster. Uh, so I think that whole deal, that's, that's a work, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he resigned a while ago, but I don't know. That's, I think he resigned like over a year ago. That's what I think, too. Because um, I don't think they've been letting him do that. Bidding war of 2024, had he not already resigned? Yeah, that's my belief, too. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, today on the Shining Wizards podcast, Ortiz talked about the split of Proud and Powerful, stating Santana, quote, was very adamant about not working with me anymore for whatever reason. Uh, he went on to say that the storyline split that happened on Rampage felt rushed to him. And me. Yeah, it was it was rushed. They could have gotten a very good angle out of that. And it could have been a pay-per-view match. Yeah. And if you watched it on Rampage, the two did very good promos leading up to it. And Santana, I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, just doesn't want to work with Ortiz. And last I heard, Santana was uh, working at a House of Glory in New York on the independent scene, and he is their champion right now, I believe. And that's the news. And that is all the news that's fit to print. So on to the top five. On to the top five, if I can find where it is in this notebook. Uh-oh. If only we had sticky notes that we got for Christmas. Like, I really... It's going to take me a second to find it here. If you want to... What? If you want to entertain, if you want to entertain the the viewers with some thoughts. Thoughts about what? Anything. Mm, I found it. Okay, oh yeah, you saved me. Thank you. It's time. It's time for the top. week we strenuously sweat and slave over bringing you the top five men the top five women and the top five teams in AEW our formula is super secret super proprietary and super accurate 
and we will take the secret with us to the grave, to our watery grave. I was say our watery grave. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't watched Dave Chappelle's new uh, stand-up special on Netflix, you should. It's hilarious. Yeah, you would get that. To our watery, watery grave. grave. To our watery grave. Oh, you did it that time. Okay, anyway. Uh, so what are we going to start with? Let's start with teams, since it's the least eventful. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Top five teams. Uh, coming in at number five this week. Uh, back on the list, uh, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Uh, two of the Devil's Minions, the Kingdom. Yeah! Uh, number four. Uh, House of Black, Malachi Black, and Buddy Matthews rising up one spot from number five. Uh, number three this week, Big Bill and Ricky Starks, the World Tag Team Champions. Same spot as last week. Uh, number two this week, Top Flight and Action Andretti, who have been impressing very much in the trios lately. And they were number two last week. And number one, same as last week, the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass, the World Trios Champions. So, number one, The Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. Number two, Top Flight and Action Andretti. Number three, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Number four, The House of Black. Number five, The Kingdom. So, what next, men or women? Let's do men next. All right, top five men. Number five, uh, dropping a spot from number four last week, Swerve Strickland. Uh, even though we got the win... Uh, over Dustin Rhodes at the pay-per-view. Uh, at number four, falling all the way from number one, uh, MJF lost his world title at the pay-per-view. Lost his best friend at the pay-per-view. And his best friend. Uh, number three, back on the top five, uh, he lost and then regained his TNT championship on World's End, uh, Christian Cage. Number two, the winner of the Continental Classic Tournament uh, and the Continental Champion, Eddie Kingston, back in the top five. And up one spot from number two last week, he is the new AEW World Champion, Samoa Joe. Did you think you would see Samoa Joe, AEW World Champion? I did not. <laughs> did you? I I did not. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Good good for Samoa Joe. Uh, so we've never had a number one uh, on the men's besides MJF on this show. Oh, really? Oh, because he's been never. the whole time. Yeah, never. So uh, number one, Samoa Joe. Number two, Eddie Kingston. Number three, Christian Cage. Number four, MJF. Number five, Swerve Strickland. And for the women... Uh, number five, Willow Nightingale, back on the list. She got uh, a win on the zero hour. Uh, number four, falling two spots from number two last week, Riho. She lost in her bid for the world title against Tony Storm on World's End. Uh, number three, up two spots from number five, uh, even though she lost her bid for the TNT title at World's End. Uh, number three is Abaddon. Uh, number two, up one spot from number three last week, the TNT champion, Julia Hart of the House of Black. And staying at number one, the women's world champion, Tony Storm. So number one, Tony Storm, 
Number two, Julia Hart. Number three, Abaddon. Number four, Riho. Number five, Willow Nightingale. And that's the top five. And so now we bring you the topic of the week. And so we're this week, we're going to very briefly just discuss uh, some of the things that we would like to see in AEW in this new year, 2024. It's okay. I'm going to let you begin. We'll we'll take turns. Okay, I'm gonna say the one that I know we both want. Then is that okay? Go go ahead. I would like to see Swerve with the world title belt uh, in 2024, and I think it's gonna happen. I hope it's gonna happen, and I hope if I say it enough, it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, I just think he's really proven he can put in the work. He can carry promos, you know, I just, I feel like he's, his shoulders are a good set to carry the company for a while. What about you? So in 2024, I would like to see uh, more of a focus on women's wrestling. It's something that we say all the time here on the show. And we did just get two two women's matches on the pay-per-view, which is nice. And, and, and one on the Zero Hour. And I was about to say, mm-hmm. one on the Zero Hour. Mm-hmm. If you would let me finish my goddamn sentence. <laughs> Never. Um, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could keep going with things like that, that would be nice. And there are several stories going right now in the women's division. And we have uh, Serena Deeb uh, returning as well. And it is widely believed that Mercedes Monet is coming to AEW. And of course, we have Mariah May debuting tomorrow on Dynamite. So the women's division has a lot going for it right now. And if Tony Khan can carry that momentum through, and he himself said that he has some, what do you say, cards up his sleeve? Mm-hmm. Many cards. Many cards up his sleeve regarding women's free agent signings, right? Women's signings, yeah. So if he's true to his word, I think uh, we will see more of a focus on women's wrestling in 2024 from AEW. And so that's nothing but a good thing. Is it my turn now? It's your turn. Was Swerve the only thing you had (laughs) prepared? I have one more. You have one more. Have okay, one more. that's fun. It also involves who I want to win the belt. Okay. Um, I want there to be a fantastic feud between Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa that lasts months and months and culminates with Thunder Rosa getting her belt back. I would love to see that. In, in like a glorious Victorian, victorious fashion, not Victorian fashion. <laughs> They're all going to have really high collars on. <laughs> little umbrellas. <laughs> oh. I, would, I would love to see that as well, yeah. Maybe even leading to a women's blood and guts match, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, I would, or possibly the first, I don't know if they've done this before, but a women's Iron Man match. Okay. Iron, Iron Woman match, you know? 
That'd be cool. 30 minutes or 60 minutes? Or a Texas death match. Okay. Yeah, some kind of awesome stipulated. I love this idea. Any yeah. of those, all yeah. those sound good yeah. to me. Yeah. Sounds good. All those sound good. Yeah. It would, it would be nice seeing those two work together. Yeah. Be very good for the division. Plus, there's already a story there that they can just add to, you know? Mm-hmm. We want to refresh the fans. So when Thunder Rosa was injured, Tony Storm became interim champion, and they kept the term interim in front of her title reign for almost her entire title reign uh, before they finally dropped interim and she officially became the champion. And there was, uh, it's probably kayfabe business, uh, resentment, but uh, there was some resentment there. Um, because of that. And so Thunder Rosa had to lose her championship due to injury. Tony Storm was looked at as like the like secondary champion, even though she won the belt, you know, uh, or was yeah, earned the belts. Um, yeah, so that's the backstory. So they have a story already in their back pocket that they can just pull out and run with and add to. And I want it to like not just be a one month thing or like, I want it to, to build, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like they can do it. And I really want them to, so I'm just going to keep wishing really hard. I agree. What about you? Do you have anything else besides... Uh, I do. I got, I got a couple more. Okay. Uh, um, in 2024, I would like to see uh, the devil, uh, Cole Bebe, and his minions uh, run roughshod over AEW. Uh, you know, winning a couple more belts. That's how you do it in wrestling. Win some belts. Right now, they have the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. That's not enough. They need they need some AEW belts. Um, and a couple of them. You know, the World title, for instance. Or maybe the World Tag Team titles or the TNT belt. You know, the, the World title, at least, you know... Um, Although I don't know what that does, what? They already attacked the Acclaim, so they could go after the trio spelts, and there would be some groundwork already laid there. Good call. Thank Good you. call. Good call. So who would who would be the trios then? So uh, you could have any combination you wanted. Well, but there's only so many guys in the. Well, what if you treated it like the New Day and the tag belts? But no, 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 because two of the. Two of the guys already have belts, so somebody's going to have two belts. Yeah. Is that a problem? I guess not. Okay. MJF had two belts for the last, like, That's three true. months. That's true. So one of the Kingdom guys is going to be in a trios. I'm going to say Matt Taven can have two belts. So, so it be like Wardlow, Matt Taven, Roderick Strong mm-hmm. in a trios? Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm with it. Um, but so they, they gotta, they gotta dominate AW in some way and the world title, it looks to be, you know, Samoa Joe on his own, kind of doing his own thing or, you know, that like our question, are they going after Samoa Joe? Are we about to see Samoa Joe versus Swerve Strickland for the world title? 
is that what's it going to be? Revolution? Is that going to be the Revolution World Title match? Are we going to see Spurs Strickland with a World Title at Revolution? You know, is, is Samoa Joe just a, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Transitional. Transitional champion. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But they they have got to establish this this new stable. Uh, the Devlin's Minions, whatever they're going to call it, with some dominance. Um, they've got to do it. And usually in wrestling, you do that with belts. So they've got to get some belts on these guys. And I don't know what the world title scene is, is what's going on, but they've got to do it. They've got to get some belts on these guys um, so that when MJF returns, he can, you know, come back and save the company. And hopefully at this point, you know, some of the other baby faces in AEW might be ready to be on MJF's side this, this time, you know, and might be ready to form sort of an alliance against the devil and his minions, you know. Um, that's what I would like to see. I mean, play out a real nice, uh, you know, just stable, taking over the company, hero returns, and then bad guys are vanquished by the returning hero and uh, his buddies, whoever MJF can become buddies with, you know, that's, that's the way I would like to see it go down. I thought of one more. Can I say? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I have one more as well. I would like to see more male faces in the world title picture. Because with MJF, Adam Cole was gone, so I'm not going to count him. Uh, it was just like all of these different people gunning for him from every angle, all of whom were heels. And now MJF is out for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Um, Potentially a while. Yeah. So I don't know what, what they're going to do. And so in the world title picture, that doesn't really leave any faces. Um, so they need to move some guys up to that level. That either are faces or turn some guys from heels to faces, I think. Um, I would like to, rather than them do that, I'd like to see them move some guys up. Um, like, I feel like Orange Cassidy has proved his time and his worth uh, with his international title run. I feel like he's earned a spot in the world title picture, at least. Even, like, even if you don't give him the belts, let him, let him try for it. Um, yeah. I just feel like they need, they need faces that are good guys. Because when Will Ospreay comes, he's still in the painting of the Don Callis family, so... I'm mm -hmm. assuming he's going to be a heel. I'm assuming he's going to be a face when he comes. So he's going to abandon the Callis family like Sammy did? I think so. Okay, good. Well, that'll be good. Then. But I, I'm basing that on only the fact that I think he's going to have to be a face because people are so excited oh that God, he's I'm coming. So excited, yes. I'm so excited. So they, they can make him a heel. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he is still in that painting. Mm-hmm. Um, but or they can make him a face and they can put him in a tag team with Kenny and then we'd have like a super tag team. <laughs> They'd be unstoppable. 
throw Brian Danielson in and you have like a trios of the best wrestlers in the world. Huh? That'd be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be kind of cool. I'd rather see those guys wrestle each other I though. I would too. But they, but they already have. Well, I want more. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess we haven't seen Will Ospreay and Brian Danielson. Yeah, I'm gonna say Osprey and Danielson. You think that's gonna like, be all in? Osprey and Swerve. I have no idea. I'm not looking that far yet. Hmm. I'm not looking that far. I don't. I don't even know what the fuck's gonna was, happen at Revolution yet. I thought that's what we're doing. We're predicting the future, saying what we want in the future. We're saying what we want. Yeah. So if you could pick his all in match, what would you pick? Who's all in match? Osprey. Ospreys. Well. Personally, what I would like to see happen with the world title is um, Samoa Joe lose it to Swerve, maybe a revolution, uh, maybe sooner than revolution, honestly. Um, and then have Swerve hold it until All In, do Swerve versus Will Ospreay at All In, and have Ospreay win the title there, and the place just goes fucking nuts. That'd be cool. You you could go a different way though. I would I would I don't want Swerve's first title reign to be just like five months. You know that's a little. Mm -hmm. I mean that's not that short, really. You know. When is All In? August, I think, isn't I it? I, I don't know. I think so. I think it's all it's August, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it'd be it'd be like five and a half months. Yeah, that's not that bad, not that short. That's not a great title reign either. Yeah. Um. Who knows? I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do with the world title scene. Um. We've seen Osprey and Omega several times, so I almost don't want to say that. We've only seen it twice, and we only got to see it once because we didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom or whatever it was called. Yeah. Is that what Wrestle Kingdom? So, if if not Osprey versus Swerve, then Osprey versus Omega again. Why the hell not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, because I want to see that at Revolution, so we're there. You want to see what at Revolution? I want to see Osprey versus Omega 3 at Revolution. Oh. So we can be there for it. Lord. That would be amazing. Would be oh, my amazing. Lord. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I would lose my mind. Um, what were we on? We got a little off topic, I think. We're talking about what we want and to see in AEW in the coming year. Yeah, but who's, who's where we on? You were talking. W was I? Yeah. Was it my topic? Oh, I know it was my no, topic. No, it was your topic. That's yeah, what I, I thought. I want, I want faces. That was, that was my yeah. thing. Yeah. So are you done? I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. We got off topic. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what I what I would like to see um, is I would like to see the Continental Classic. We know it's coming back for singles. Uh, I would like to see the Continental Classic for tag teams. Uh, I'd like to see the tag team division get a shot in the arm. Because it's been uh, really sorely missed. Um, I don't know what's going on with AEW and the tag team division. Well, the Continental Classic took over. Yeah, but it's even before that, it had gone kind of downhill, where we've not been seeing as many tag team matches as we had. 
Uh, I'm not sure what's up with that. Um, but more tag team matches. And personally, I would like to see the Continental Classic have a, have a tag team version as well. With a belt? Uh, not, not necessarily. Like maybe maybe like a trophy. Maybe like a trophy. Yeah, not with a new... It doesn't need... A, we don't need a new tag team belt, no. Mm -hmm. Just like a trophy uh, for the tag team. But it would be nice to have a cool round-robin tag team mm -hmm. uh, tournament. I think that would be very fun because uh, tag team wrestling is great and to do it in the style of the Continental Classic would be a lot of fun. So that's something I would personally love to see in 2024. Kay, do you have any any others? You got anything else? I don't think so. Uh, no, I have one more. Okay. I would like to see luchadors be able to win things. Ah, ah good one. Like matches, Good. for example, um, or maybe even a belt. Yeah, um, that would be nice because they have some amazing luchadors and oh, they're yeah. not doing anything with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys like Commander, um, guys they use Elijo del Vikingo a lot. Uh, he wins a, a good deal. Mm -hmm. uh, they treat him fairly well. He's not an AEW. He's not on the AEW roster yet. But I think I I I don't know when his contract is up. Um, but I think whenever his AAA contract is up, I think he will sign with AEW. Uh, I think he will. I think they'll offer him more money than AAA will. So I I think he will come to AEW. Um. But yeah, I love him. So more of him and him winning things, yes. Um, well, and like gravity. Gravity and also. And who, who'd you Met say? Metalique. Metalique, yeah. Bandito when he's better. Bandito, exactly, yes. Ripley. The, yeah. the luchadors have been, I agree with you, not to take over your thing. No, it's fine, go ahead. It's your topic. And <laughs> it is like your, your thing, you know. But the luchadors have been, yeah, kind of taken for granted in AEW. I mean, they're there and they put on terrific matches that they lose all the time. They, they come out and they put on terrific trios matches or terrific tag matches that they lose all the goddamn time, except for the Lucha Brothers who have gotten to win the tag team titles. Um, and the trios belts. And, and the trios belts, yeah. The death triangle with Pac. Mm -hmm. Um but the rest of the luchadors have not uh, been given as much as the Lucha Brothers. Uh, so, and, but, and they've given a lot to AEW, the product. Uh, so they should be rewarded um, because the fans love them. Uh, I love them. And like I said, they've, they've helped build the product quite a bit. So reward them with wins and with belts. Yes, I 100% agree with you. That's a great suggestion. Um, yeah, reward the luchadors. It's your turn. Do you have anything else? I think that's ahead? a great note to end on. Okay. Um, so, folks, this has been AEW Weekly. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, next week, we're going to be back at our regular time. We're going to stop switching times all around. Um, 
Mondays at six o'clock. Monday night at six o'clock. Uh, that's where we're going to stay. Uh, the next time you can hear from us, uh, we will be on. Um, well, we're going to be uh, doing a retro watch along on Sunday at 12:45. We are watching uh, this month, January. We are watching retro Royal Rumbles uh, in honor of the WWF Royal Rumble happening. Um, what, what WWE <laughs> Royal Rumble happening? Well, we're watching we're watching, we're watching WWF Royal yes. Rumbles. Um, this Sunday, we're watching WWF Royal Rumble 1994. Uh, so just come here on our YouTube account or Twitter account at 12:45 on Sunday, and we'll talk about the card, kind of shoot the shit for a little while, and then at 1 p.m. we will start the show on our Peacock account. Uh, and then just watch along with us, and we'll have some some facts, uh, some trivia, some fun, and some jokes, as always. Uh, it's a good show. Undertaker versus Yokozuna for the world title in a casket match. Uh, Razor Ramon versus IRS for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Uh, Brett and Owen Hart team up to take on the Quebecers for the world tag team titles. And then, of course, the Royal Rumble match itself. Uh I believe there may be one or two other matches, but a very good event. Very good show. Um, but yeah, make sure to tune in. Retro Watch Along is back Sunday at 12.45 right here. No bones about wrestling. Uh, and um, as McFoley would say, have a nice day. Bye. <laughs>